0: Welcome to the choir room There's always room for you If you're a fan everybody and welcome back to the choir room here in season number six of glee as we move along in our rewatch of uh currently we're up to the hurt locker part two it is episode number five of this season we are picking things up right where we left off at the end of the last episode i don't really have a whole lot to set up here but uh aman how you doing today you ready to uh close this hurt locker out
1: Yeah, I think that I've seen my dosage of crazy uh, from Sue, so I'm I'm glad to be wrapping this up. Although it's going to be having a lot of further ramifications in the season, so I guess we're not
0: quite done with it yet. Mm-hmm. At least for this little uh, brief period of time here of this uh, little project they put together of the Hurt Locker just to kind of keep us moving in through season six, uh, whether they landed it or not, we'll uh, continue to track as we move through this part two. But yeah, part one, we both had some uh, not, you know, the not the most... Uh, great ratings of the episode i think we had a three and a three and a half but i think this episode at least for me was a little bit better and uh i guess well initial what's your gut instinct do you like this episode better as well yeah i think so i think um yeah yeah i do i do yeah well it's... i
1: don't know i really don't know because now that i've seen both these parts
0: of the episode three times I, mm, well, well i'll decide after we're done talking about it i'm not sure yet okay yeah, it's uh I I personally I do. I guess I'll save most of my takes for later on, but just I like uh, you know, the last episode was like a whole lot of crazy, like a whole lot of like what the heck is happening here? And this episode was a lot less of like the setup for that. And it actually no I, the way the way that I phrased that made it seem like there was no crazy in this episode, which certainly that cannot be the case uh given what we're about to see go down with Clayne. But uh, that was like a little bit more of a c- controlled crazy compared to the you know it, it reminded me of like the puppet episode of like here we are we are going all in on a ridiculous thing that's happening in this one episode rather than like little random scenes that was the last one whatever let's just get into it uh, like I said we're picking up where we left off curtains close on the vocal adrenaline crew and Sue is here to inform all three teams that she herself will be judging the invitationals uh, Will is like what that's crazy you no way Sue. Says, Says it's her school her rules which she's about to change uh and will again is going to jump in and be like "Sue, you can't change the rules after one team has already performed she's like sure i can rule number one this year's theme is old school R- rule number two There are no more rules. Uh, The Warblers are going to be up tomorrow and the New Directions the next day. Uh, Nobody knew that this was going to be a three-day competition and the Warblers are going to be vocal about that. They're like, where are we going to sleep? Sue says, well, I imagine you two are going to sleep inside one another. Uh, Okay. Oh, wow. Wow killer line from Sue there. Uh, she says that she chose this order so that she could get uh, the new directions, a little bit more time to get some members, and I guess make this a little bit of a fairer fight. Uh, they they need 12 members. It's the only rule that is has uh, been consistent year after year, and somehow uh, we're always surprised when it comes back up, and we need to hit that magic number of 12. Uh, Kurt says, this is insane. We should all boycott. And Sue's like, no, porcelain. Each team is performing, even if one show choir's director is kidnapped against his will, causing him to miss the performance. Just, you know, just in case that happens, you know, why would that happen? But just in case it happens,
1: because that's never going to happen. You're never going to be held against your will during an invitationals uh, competition. Well, co- I guess it is a competition now uh in the middle of Lima, Ohio. That would never, ever happen to
0: you in the middle of McKinley High. Never, never. What possibly could have could go wrong to cause something like that to happen? It just would be insane. Uh, Rachel's going to come up to Will and she's annoyed that he didn't honor the deal to uh, have him throw the competition from vocal adrenalines you know, perspective and have them just flame out so that her kids would feel better about themselves. And he's like, well, I never agreed to it. And Rachel says, all right, then I guess we're just going to have to figure it out on your on our own terms. That's it is what it is. Uh, The two of them are going to talk, Rachel and Kurt, that is. And Kurt has uh, a thought like we need to get new members. Rachel, we have to recruit Kitty. Rachel says, no, absolutely not. All of those kids hate me. Uh, I I was too busy with my Broadway dreams. I didn't even bother learning any of their names. You know, Kitty, Puck's brother, cross-dressing Mercedes, the one with the fat mom, Raider. Kurt's like, Ryder. She's like, exactly. See, I was so awful to them. Kurt says, we have no choice, Rachel. We have to go get Kitty. I will be by your side every step of the way, so don't worry about it. Um, And as Kurt is saying that to her, you know, I'll be by your side. We see Sue standing there who obviously has other plans in mind. But uh, point is, we have to get people and we're going to start off with potentially trying to get Kitty back.
1: I don't know why Rachel vetoes it. I mean, if anything, Kitty is the one that would veto you. So you might as well go over there and grovel. And if she says no, then that's on you. But you can at least talk to her. You know, she's talented. You know, you've seen her perform. You know, she can dance. She can sing. Ask, you know, like instead Mm -hmm. of going after all these newbies that literally have never been in a glee club their entire lives. Go for the the one alumni that is left, and it's not like all those kids that did hate you are still there. It's literally just Kitty. So, right, I'm not really sure why she was so averse to it. I guess she just didn't want to be rejected. But I mean, even if you're rejected, you just you've been rejected by a a TV network. A lot I'm of sure people. Sure, you can be, you can handle being rejected by
0: a yeah. senior cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rachel is uh, especially like she's recognizing the problem that she had in the past, where she was awful to them, like. Correct your behavior and we'll try it again. I mean, if you were like you said, if it doesn't work out with Kitty, OK, it doesn't work out. But, you know, at least recognizing that you need to be better with these kids. This is your job now. Definitely, uh, you know, that's half the problem or half the battle right there. Uh, we're going to follow Kurt out. He's going to head off to breadsticks and him and Walter, who we just, of course, met in the last episode, are out on another date. Kurt isn't too sure what's happening here. I uh, thinks it could be like a second date, but he, of course, is just going to blurt out and ask him. Uh, he's like, so. What What is going on here? What are we? Is this a date or is it not? Walter's like, do you want it to be a date? And Kurt thinks about it for a second. And he concludes, yeah, I I, I guess I do want it to be a date. And they're going to toast to that to their second date. Uh, Sue is going to come by as their waiter, because of course she is. Uh, Sue is ready to take their order. She's wearing a clean pin right where I guess like usually like the logo (laughs) for uh, the for breadsticks would go. But she's got a clean pin on. Kurt just puts his head down. He doesn't even know how to react. She says, Good evening, gentlemen. My name is Susan, and I will be taking care of you tonight. Shall we start with something to drink? Perhaps a Shirley Temple in a sippy cup for Sunny? Or how about a chalky can of ensure enriched with calcium to fortify those brittle bones? Uh now. Uh, she looks to Kurt, is your great-granduncle in charge of his faculties, or are you going to be feeding him? Because I'll, I'll need to alert the bus staff that I might be changing an adult diaper. Uh, Walter speaks up. He's like, excuse me, I can hear everything you're saying. Uh, she, Sue, Sue turns to him and says, well then, allow me to personally thank you for being a part of the greatest generation. And she takes out of her pocket a clean pin for each of them, sticks it right onto both of them. Uh, she starts to uh, <laughs> to con- continue, here's a children's menu for baby and the early baby bird menu for old timer here and yes of course we do have liver and onions uh Kurt apologizes to Walter but Walter's like no don't apologize she's hilarious uh he's like when you're as handsome as I am very little is gonna bother you and he turns to Sue and asks her just a simple question may I ask how old you are and uh she has to take in you know a little bit of a breath here before responding 34
1: not 34 <laughs> not 34 <laughs> You could have gone for a sensible 54. Like, 34, girl. Honestly, can y'all go somewhere else? Can y'all stop going to Breadsticks? Because clearly, Sue is going to do anything she can. She already fucked up Kurovsky's date. Now she's fucking up your date with Walter. Y'all need to find another spot. Is Breadsticks even that good? Or is it just cheap?
0: It's probably just cheap. Probably. Yeah, probably cheap. I mean, what was the uh, what was the place for you in your hometown? I mean, ours was Applebee's. I know that Applebee's has been like made fun of so much in the reality TV world because it was like an Applebee's. I mean, a a survivor reward and people were like Applebee's. Uh, Long Island is flooded with Applebee's and it was the place to go for my entire time growing up. But what was yours?
1: We had a bunch. Uh, we didn't really stick with one. I mean, we had a few regular spots, but we had it really depended on what part of the city you were in. So, like, if we wanted to go to the South Side, there was like this Mongolian restaurant that we loved, or we would sometimes we go to Chili's. We didn't really have an Applebee's. We'd have a TJF Fridays. Um, sometimes we'd hit up a hibachi place and let them cook in front of you. We were kind of just hopping all the way around. Mm-hmm. I think something that was probably the most consistent, though, but I wouldn't really consider it a place for dinner. It was called the O. It was like this. Um, it was short for Originals, and it was like this hot dog shack that was on the University of Pittsburgh's campus. It was like used to be, you know, a few decades ago. It was like really, really big, and has like since kind of fallen out of popularity. But they would give you this big ass tub of fries. So like every Friday, almost every Friday, we would go over there and just get this two big ass tubs of fries. Um, and split them amongst the five of us, but yeah, we were kind of just hopping all over the place.
0: And did you guys do the normal uh, theater kid routine after the show? It was uh, straight to a diner.
1: Yeah, um, well, not every show. I think it would only be. No, 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 after, yeah, not not every show. Yeah, I think it after it would be like after like the Friday or the Saturday show. We would go to um. We used to go to this restaurant called Kings, but then that shut down, and then it became I think it became Eaton Park, which I don't think is in New York. <laughs> I think it's only in Pennsylvania and. Ohio, oh my god i love eden park i want some eden park cookies now oh i gotta ask my grandma to send me some they make like (laughs) these really cool sugar cookies they're really really basic like i feel like i hype them up and every time somebody has them they're like it's not that good but it's just like the nostalgia of like being a pittsburgh native and you know
0: a sentimental value to it as well
1: yeah Mm -hmm. it just tastes like home
0: well, that's that's their breadstick. So as much as we might uh, be a little questionable uh, or, or we might be questioning why they go there so often, it's that's their place. So uh, that's that's where they are. Uh, Sue's going to head off after this conversation and tell Walter she'll be right back with his hemorrhoid pillow. Um, we're going to follow Sue out of here as well. She's going to head over with Becky to the Hurt Locker and she pops in a VHS tape where we see Klain making out. Uh, she tells Becky their love is one for the ages and, uh, Becky's like, but coach, they're barely looking at each other. And Sue says, well, that's because their chemistry is so intense, Becky. If they were to actually make eye contact, oh my, the emotion would be just so much that they would have to disappear behind the nearest dumpster and just hump, 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 hump. Uh, Becky is concerned, where did you even get all of these video clips? Uh, Sue's like, I have cameras everywhere, Becky. Uh, But she's showing her some footage here of Kurt and Blaine singing Come What May, which, as you might remember, was from back in season four. And happened in a dream sequence, which Becky's going to call out here and be like, how do you have footage of a dream sequence? How could you possibly film that? Uh, Sue tells Becky to shut up. You're ruining this, honey. Uh, Becky's insistent, though. She's like, it literally looks like they don't even like each other. Uh, Oh, sweet, simple, Becky. You have so much to learn about love. Well, what are you talking about? I have a hot boyfriend. Uh, Sue says, look at them, Becky. Have there ever been two human beings more meant for each other? And yet somehow, Hackneyed Circumstance and a pudgy ex-bully have somehow gotten between them. I need to get these two into a small, confined space where they're forced to gaze into each other's eyes. And then, Becky, the stinky fraudage will commence.
1: Fraudage. I just hate that word so much. I really do. Okay, Sue. Okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, I guess... I guess if all else fails, this is, like, the next recourse of action. I get it. But I'm glad that Becky is sort of, like, becoming the voice of reason that so many characters have been in the past. Like, she's like, I got my hot boyfriend now. Like, I'm tired of your shit kind of, Sue. Like, why is there a dream sequence on the screen? What's going on? It, 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 like it, I feel like you're going – Like if Becky is having to question your actions, Sue, I feel like you've gone off the deep end. Because usually Becky will follow you into the fire. Through the fire. To the mm-hmm.
0: river to the water. But she's over it. She's over it. But yeah, Sue is continuing this planning that she is has been working on. Uh, of course, we are uh, familiar with the Hurt Locker after the last episode, and we see that she is uh, taking, it seems like, regular trips there. Uh, maybe this is like a regular occurrence for her throughout the past X amount of years, uh, but this is the first time that we're actually been able to follow her to see what this is uh, like. I, I can't even imagine what was there when it was like, like... Just back when the new directions before they graduated, like when it was you know Finn and Santana and Quinn, like did she have did, did Sue invent for Barry? Do you think that Sue was the one who like started this all? like it's entirely possible in my mind that she could have had like a shrine to them uh, and maybe that's like maybe that all leaked into the public and that's where that all started. But we'll get to that actually very quickly here. Uh, but yeah, that's any, anything else on this uh, hurt locker? Uh, nah. Yeah, we'll we'll see more later. (laughs) Rachel's going to approach Kitty in the hallway and she is going to begin the hard pitch here. Uh, Kitty. Hi. Uh, Kitty. Okay, so your name is Kitty Wilde. You were named after a Bruce Springsteen song. You don't trust newspapers because you think they lied about Watergate. You once beat up a mascot at a Little League softball game for trying to start the wave. Uh, You say that your favorite color is Jesus. You prefer Triscuits over Wheat Thins and sometimes you don't wear underwear. But I got that last one from Artie. So uh, uh, she's going (laughs) to give her a line back here, Kitty, uh, and say, are you trying to pick me up? Because if you're going to go lesgy with a cheerleader, I think the world's kind of rooting for you and Quinn Fabray. I could watch that over and over again, but we don't have to linger on it for too long. I bet you could. <laughs> I certainly could. Um, I, I think we don't have to linger on it for too long. I'll wait until uh, one of the normal people in the world comes back onto the podcast that I can uh, freak out over that line with because it just is not going to get its proper... Justice today, but y'all know how much I appreciated that line.
1: I'm glad that the writers are acknowledging the Faberry shippers. I'm glad that they are, but I just need for y'all to understand that that's all that they are doing. They are not saying that it is canon. This oh, it's is a canon. complete break
0: breaking of the fourth wall here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Bleed breaking the wall does. to introduce the canon of Faberry. Okay, well then, the how
1: come we never get any real Faberry content?
0: We did it's all throughout that. seasons one through four, three. Are you high? No, it's there. There's footage. There, it's all there. Go back and watch it. There is very
1: footage in the same way that there is, uh, uh, like, any other kind of like miscellaneous mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. footage.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's what I said. It's <laughs> not gonna get its proper justice for that line here, uh, but it there's will for, for Barry me. There's very
1: footage in the same way that there's fucking like, uh, uh, Brittany and Mike Chang footage. Okay.
0: They're always yeah, dancing that's... together.
1: They're always uh, touching up and rubbing up all over each other. But have they ever been romantically interested?
0: No. Yes. What do you mean no? Brittany slept with every guy at the school. Where's your I argument mean, against that one? Does, hmm. does that
1: does that does hmm. that really count when she when hmm. she's sleeping with every person in the school? Is that really a romantic connection with everyone,
0: or is she just trying to know. have sex with everyone in the school? <laughs> I don't know. Uh Rachel tells Kitty, I just want you to know that I've taken some time to get to know you and uh, that who you are is important to me. Uh, Kitty's like, what, so I don't feel like I'm being used when you ask me to rejoin the Glee Club? Uh, Rachel's like, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Look, Rachel, you have a reputation for being an inherently selfish person. You rarely ask people what they think about you, and when you do, it's usually in the context of, what do you think about me? I took a chance and joined Mr. Shoes Glee Club because I knew that even though it was going to hurt my rep, it was being led by a kind man, committed to teaching, and there were a bunch of kids in there that were going to have my back when things get hairy. And now what's there? A chubber, a transfer student, and a bizarro Jamie and Cersei Lannister, uh, and an advisor that's going to jump ship as soon as the real world invites her back to the stage. No thank you. Kitty's going to walk off, Rachel's going to kind of chase after her a little bit, and she says, Kitty, we need you, your energy, your enthusiasm, look, I don't know you very well, but I do know that you love performing, which Kitty says, I did, I I did love it, and Kitty is, her body language here is starting to really tell the story, Uh, she's not facing Rachel, she's still walking away from her, but she's got this look on her face that... Rachel is right in everything that she's saying and Kitty doesn't want to admit it because as we're going to see what she's about to say, she doesn't want to get hurt again. Uh, Rachel's like, you can sing, you can dance. And yes, Santana's cruelty uh, definitely scarred me for the rest of my life. But I know that Glee Club needs a top bitch to keep everybody in line. Uh, Kitty says, I invested everything into the Glee Club and what did it get me? They all deserted me. The only reason that I'm still here is because Sue needed me for the Cheerios. I miss singing, I miss dancing, and the feeling of being in the choir room. But I know Sue, and I know you, and I don't want to jump back in just to have my heart broken again in a couple of weeks when it all goes away. Rachel tries to to pull her in one last time and say, look, Kitty, this is real, okay? I'm not going anywhere until my job here is done, and the Glee Club is back in McKinley permanently. You have my word. You come back, and we'll see this through together. So... Rachel is is really putting in the work here to get uh, to to make this happen with Kitty. And I think that that's the right move. I think that she's right. Glee Club needs a top bitch and there's nobody else for the job other than Kitty. She's already been there. She loves performing. I think Rachel is 100% right in this pitch. Um, But I I appreciate the growth in this character of Kitty that we have never really seen, you know, too much detail into her uh, before outside of just Kitty's a bitch. And now we're seeing how much this meant to her. So overall, I enjoy this
1: yeah I mean poor old girl's been through the ringer, and a lot of this aggression really should be saved for Sue, but I mean Rachel is not without fault here either. I mean, in terms of like making her feel like this could be a real possibility I mean they all I mean they all know how Rachel has been, and I'm sure they were able to witness her epic flame out um from Hollywood, and so to Kitty, yeah. It's like, are you just here because you're trying to make yourself feel better? You're trying to relive a bit of your 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 glory days as the as like the lead vocalist of the New Directions. And once you once we do everything that we can to build you back up, are you just going to leave again? Like that's not cool. Um, but at the same time, Kitty, like Rachel didn't do this. Like Rachel did not end the arts here. Sue has been trying to get rid of the Glee Club since its inception. Okay, so you have to believe at some point that this. These kids I mean the, the glee club is here like Rachel put her money where her mouth is literally she literally put money on the line down for this even if she does leave it'll be picked up by somebody like the glee club is back okay so if you want to sing or you want to dance and it's your last year
0: you better do it mm-hmm. take this opportunity now. Yeah, and it really trips me up that this is Kitty's senior year. I think I've been talking to you about this before, that, like, the time jump is so confusing uh, of just, like, she was just a sophomore and now snap our fingers and, you know, graduation happened. And then all of a sudden that whole year goes by that it just it feels like she's a junior, but she's a senior and I'm just uh, having a hard time processing. But uh, she's she's. Yeah, like you said, this is the time it's time. It's time to begin, isn't it? I get a little bit bit. Now I want to go back to season five.
1: I admit. Season Well,
0: that is season. No, that's season season four. That's season five. Is that season five? Yeah. That's season four. Blaine and Sam coming out of uh, when they're in New York together and they're.
1: That's season four when when Blaine is singing to uh, Kurt to get the fuck out of there. Huh? Remember? It's the season four premiere episode, the new Rachel, when he's like Kurt, you can't be here, you need to leave, and so he sings that to him.
0: Glee, it's time. What am I thinking of then when Blaine and Sam are in the middle of Times Square? You're th- yeah, you're right. You're right. You're Sorry. Think- yeah. Oh,
1: Blaine and Sam, you're thinking of a uh, Best Day of My Life. Ah, uh, yeah. There's a similar performance with at the beginning of season five with Blaine and Kurt where they sing uh that Beatles song. Gotcha, get yeah. you into yep. my life. Yeah, those are really you're similar. Right.
0: Uh, Glad this wasn't the Glee Trivia podcast, because that's a point (laughs) away from me. Well, yeah,
1: this is a precursor for that. I guess you guys can put your money down on who might come out on top. (laughs) Hmm,
0: We'll see about that. Well, yeah, so Kitty and uh, Rachel, we'll see how that ends up. Uh, Blaine is going to uh, show up over at McKinley. Him and Kurt are going to run into each other outside of one of the faculty bathrooms that Blaine is apparently using because he's always wanted to use it. Um, He's just so excited that now he's able to. Uh, The Warblers are about to go on in the auditorium. So the two of them are going to head back over there together. As they're walking, they look over and they see a sign for a brand new elevator with a sign that says new elevator to auditorium. Uh, they don't really question it much, even though, you know, the two of them have been around this school for how long now, uh, all of a sudden a new elevator pops up, they don't really question it or anything, so they're just gonna walk right on over. Kurt's like, of course they get a new elevator right after we graduate, all those years of carrying everything up the stairs, such a drag. Uh, were you, were you here when we had to fight for that ramp outside? And Blaine's like, oh yeah, that was weird. Uh, so the two of them end up inside the elevator. Just small talk. Are you excited to watch the Warblers perform? Oh, I am. Yeah, they're really good. How are the new directions? Oh, you know, they'll get there. Uh, The two of them are inside the elevator now. Door closes. They're like, oh, what a weird elevator. Blaine is like... Is this, oh my God, is this a bathroom inside of an elevator? Uh, The doors are closed at this point and they realize we are not moving. Uh, They're freaking out. Oh, just press the buttons, uh, the the doors, try to open the doors. They're not opening. Uh, Quickly are going to begin freaking out here as uh, no buttons are working. Nothing is happening. They're screaming, hello, hello, the door won't open. Uh, They are completely locked inside of this elevator uh, and the lights go out. Uh, then they slowly start to pop back on. Uh, as I mentioned, yeah, they quickly realize, "I'm on." this is not quite an elevator, which makes sense because when the fuck would they have built it?
1: I don't know how she built that overnight. I mean, if Sue, I mean, if she's thinking about retiring, she could, you know, at least open up a show with HGTV, something, because the talent is there. She can flip <laughs> the houses and shit like that. Like, because building an entire fake-ass elevator, I'm here for it. I'm here for when we're,
0: we're, we're going to get into, you know, what happens inside this elevator shortly. But like when I think of season six, I think of a couple things. One is coming up in a, in a few episodes from now. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it in case anybody's watching along for the first time. Um, But I also just have this picture of Kurt and Blaine in the elevator. Like that's my season six memory that stands out to me. Uh Probably I not. I think a good I'd have thing. to agree. Yeah, it's definitely something
1: that sticks out to me, too.
0: Yeah, so uh, quite ridiculous here. We'll get back to them in a bit. Uh, Sam is going to find Rachel in the auditorium. They both... Do not know where Kurt is. Uh, he's not answering any calls, any texts or anything. Sue is going to take the stage and say uh, she's just been informed by the head warbler whose name is Tristan or Crispin or Montague or something annoyingly fey uh, that their coach is currently missing, which, of course, is a shock to us all. Blaine, our hopes and prayers are with you, but the show must go on. Ladies and lady boys, I give you the Dalton Academy Warblers. And the Warblers are going to hit the stage with uh, back-to-back performances here for their Invitationals uh, performances. We've got My Sharona followed by You Spin Me Round Like a Record. My Sharona. <laughs> when you going to come and get my... <laughs> I, love I mean,
1: Warlber. what else do you uh, need in terms of a Warbler performance? The choreos there, the vocals are there, the uh, the the charisma is there. Who's the lead uh, warbler now? Skylar. 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 Yeah, I don't know warbler. if he. I don't know if he pops out as much as Hunter or Sebastian or Blaine do, um, but I guess he kind of holds his own here.
0: Yeah, uh, I would totally agree. Uh, I don't certainly don't uh, remember much about him. Maybe we need to get Sam Loveridge back in here to uh, talk about the about Skyler, considering he's such a Warblers fanboy. Um, but yeah, uh, this is uh, this is fun. I, you know it's kind of quicker performances. My Sharona kind of goes by pretty fast, but of course uh, what we're really noticing here is Rachel and Sam uh, like wincing because the Warblers are obviously very good as well. Uh, and their kids are going to uh, not be too happy to see back-to-back performances from people who really have their shit together. Uh, You spin me around like a record. Yeah, some good choreography there. Vocal Adrenaline is, of course, also there watching. But by the time that they're done with these two performances, uh, you see not only uh, Sue dancing all around the back of the auditorium, uh, but you see, like, Jane look over to Rachel. Like, what the fuck have you gotten us into? Like, what is this all about? And they're not, you know, they're really not ready for this. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah she looked up for her like so this is the fucking team that i left for like i mean you were probably never going to get solos anyway but still like damn damn you, you yeah. left this this amazing team for four kids who don't even really like each other like that it's more like three yeah. kids if you combine the twins
0: yeah <laughs> yes uh Jane, you know, could have been with the Warblers, but uh, actually she couldn't have been because they were all awful. Um, I like being a Warbler myself, but not when they are rude to Jane. But that wa- I would have had to be there to be the voice of reason in the room and stand up for her. But I can't really blue skidoo my way into this universe. So not happening, but. Maybe Halloween. Who knows? Um, So that's what's going on there. The Warblers uh, do a good job with those performances. Sue is going to head off to the locker room to find Sam and hypnotize him some more. Obviously, this is uh, very easy to do because it's been working uh, like a charm lately. Uh, Sue is going to say, Operation Break Rachel's Heart While Sabotaging the New Directions is proceeding quite nicely. But next, you need to convince the Glee Club to do these three songs at the Assembly tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be their worst setlist in history. Song number one, Ascension Millennium by Corey Feldman. I don't know why Corey Feldman is writing these songs or why he wrote uh, this particular song, but the first time I heard it, I literally could not move. Song number two, Dear Mr. Jesus, a song about the horrors of child abuse that actually make you want to go out and locate a child just to beat them up. Song number three, Justified and Ancient, from Tammy Wynette and KLF, uh, that is hands down the worst song ever written. Sam's like, you got it, too," and he is going to head off to find Rachel. Um... Any knowledge of any of these three songs, amon I feel like, uh, personally, I don't. I think this is just some kind of, like, inside joke from the writers, but unless you have uh, <laughs> any otherwise thoughts on them. I just looked at Dear Mr. Genius is a genius. Dear Mr. Jesus is genius. a 1986
1: child abuse song turns into radio phenomenon. What the hell are the lyrics to this song? Actually, Dear now Mr. I'm curious. Dear Mr. I... Je- I keep saying
0: genius. Oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah, why do you do Dear Mr.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Lyrics in the name of genius. We pray. Amen. Uh,
1: Dear mr. Jesus, I just had to write to you something really scared me when I saw it on the news A story about a little girl beaten black and blue Jesus thought I'd take this right to you Dear mr. Jesus. I don't understand why they took her mom and dad away I know they didn't mean to hit with wild and angry hands tell them just how big they are I pray please don't let them hurt your children. We need love and shelter from the storm Please don't let them hurt your children. Won't you keep us safe and warm? Dear Mr. Jesus, they say she may die. Oh, I hope the doctor stopped the pain. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to read this anymore. This is horrible. How did this become a hit? Well, did
0: it? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know anything about these songs. So, like, if anybody out there does, I actually might be a little curious. Uh, If you know anything about, like, why these songs were highlighted by Ryan Murphy, if uh, you were around when these songs were out, please feel free to drop us a line. Let us know. Uh, what the big deal was about these because it doesn't I have just, a Wikipedia uh, page for good reason. Yeah. It was like a deep pull here, but uh, Sam's going to head off to find Rachel to inform her about these songs. Rachel's on the phone with nine one one filing a missing persons report because, you know, her friend Kurt didn't show up to work today. Hi. Yes. My name is Rachel Berry. Oh yes. That was my TV show. Yes. I've taken acting classes before it. You know what, sir? That is very rude of you. And uh, h- hello. Uh, hello? Uh, guy hung up on her, but uh, shout out to him for uh, making Rachel's day, or the opposite of making Rachel's day. Sam shows up. Uh, he is, uh, Rachel's still freaking out. Have you seen Kurt or Blaine at all? relax, Rachel. They're probably just the sheets and things registering for their wedding. Uh, She's like, no, they're just friends now. What are you talking about? And Sam says, no, they're endgame, just like us. And to prove my love, I'm going to guarantee you an invitational championship. He hands her all of the sheet music from Sue. Uh, She's looking at it. She looks at all three songs. She's like, Sam, I I don't know any of these songs. He says, oh, you will. (laughs) And as your future husband, I demand that you do them. He goes in very quickly for a kiss. Oh, God, you're hot. Uh, Rachel, of course, takes a step back. What what is wrong with you he's like I'm crazy in love with you she's like Sam you told me two days ago that you were in love with Mercedes he's like that old hag and he goes in for another kiss she snaps her fingers at him and of course that kind of breaks him out of this trance she's like Sam what are you like What what is this look it feels really good to have a guy be into me right now but I just have so much going on I need my friends and honestly you're starting to freak me out a little bit uh, Sam apologizes. He's like, okay, yeah, I- I'm really sorry. I didn't. I don't even understand what's going on with me lately. I have these really big gaps in my memory, like even bigger than normal. Uh, I promise it's not going to happen again. Whatever you want me to do, just let me know. I'm here for you. She's like, well, can you help me find Kurt? And also, I mean, if you want to get in my good graces, I could use some help finding new members of the Glee Club. And he says, all right, I'm on it. Uh, and Sam, I'm sorry, I- I'm not using these songs. It might be a huge mistake, but I have to start trusting my own instincts. And he's going to head out, but... Uh, that that uh hypnotism is still working its magic and uh rachel is just like what the fuck are you doing like what is going on
1: uh i, I mean i'm glad i mean i feel like this was never going to work because there was no ra- there was no way that rachel was going to take any of these songs regardless of whether or not sam was going to kiss her <laughs> and seduce her like those songs are mm-hmm. crazy um yeah. but thank goodness she snapped because if she wouldn't have snapped i don't know what would have happened with would sam would- be trying to kiss her like what what was gonna happen if he didn't snap out of it it's kind of a scary thought but uh yeah this uh i don't know what she did with this specific
0: hypnotic trance but it seemed 10 times more aggressive than the other one
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Mm. uh like sam you literally just told me you were in love with mercedes and he's like that old tag i'm like how dare you (laughs) my sam sadie's radar was like i want to reach through the screen and slap him but uh okay You know, catch these fire tweets, Cordover Street. Catch these, catch these tweets. Like just, 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 Matt, calm down. This is Sue doing this. This is uh, like the way that he even comes in. He's like, no, clean is endgame. I'm like, Sue is literally like beating this into him. Uh, but whatever. So that's that, uh, we are going to head back over to the elevator because we really need to see what's going on in here. The boys are still banging on the walls, trying to get out. Uh, Kurt's yelling at Blaine, stop that. No one can hear you. Blaine's like, why don't you just use your phone call somebody? And Kurt's like, I can't. It's at 4%. Actually, no, it's dead. Uh, they're going to argue about that. Like, oh, I told you charges. I told you to stop charging it every night. It's going to ruin your battery. Blah blah, blah. Uh, There's no reception reception in the elevator anyway. So who cares? Blaine is just getting so frustrated. Well, you know what? At least we have a bathroom. And Kurt's like, yeah, I am losing my mind. We have to find a way out of here. Uh, as they sit there in their misery, a door in the elevator is going to open up. And not the door they're looking to open up. A little tiny trap door from uh, the opposite end of the elevator from the actual door. And we're going to see some smoke emerging. And out comes what, Amon? Jigsu! It's like a
1: weird-looking, papier-mâché, demented, miniature version of Sue in the tracksuit on a tricycle.
0: (laughs) No, no, let's, like, process what you just said, because it takes a second uh, to imagine that, yep, no, that really happened. Yep, that did. Uh, So, yes, Jigsaw, uh, this insane-looking thing comes out. Of course, it is uh, in the likeness of Sue Sylvester, And on a tricycle, because why not put it on a tricycle? Sue, in this very evil, distorted voice. Hello, Clayne. Let's play a game. (laughs) This is going to be terrible. I'm sorry, In advance. You're trapped in an elevator. That's a hard voice to do. It's a really hard voice to get, like, all the way that low. Uh, they're like, this is not an elevator. This is clearly not an elevator. Uh, she says, you're trapped in an elevator with the bathroom, and if you don't find a way out, you'll be forced to eat each other and then suffocate. But you have another choice. You and Blaine must kiss. If you kiss each other, you'll be allowed to leave this room. And the boys are like, oh, that's ridiculous. That's so easy. Like, that's all we have to do? Okay, here we go. Blaine and I are about to kiss. Ready? And the two of them go in. Quick kiss. They're like, There. She says, no, not like that. I want to see you really go at it. And the, the boys are just enough. Uh, let us out of here. Come on, please. We're not going to do that. We're not kissing for you. Uh, fine. Be that way. You're in for a long night. As the temperature of this elevator with the bathroom rises and rises, you'll be forced to remove more and more clothes. Ha 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 ha, how will you two resist each other, scantily clad, burning with desire, enjoying a romantic dinner for two. And as uh, Sue is going to wheel her way out of there, she tells them, Don't fight the clane romance, the choice is yours. And the little Sue is going to wheel her way back into the door she came from. Uh, Blaine is yelling, we are not going to kiss for your amusement. And uh, as they were all talking, a little basket rolled its way in, like a heart-shaped basket that has a nice little arrangement of food for them inside to enjoy. So uh, they're at least not going to go hungry. There's a bathroom right over there. So they've got some food, some drinks to spend a nice relaxing evening together in this not actually an elevator and uh, start making out if they actually ever want to leave.
1: Oh God, Sue! You have your 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 sort of plans have just taken you to such an extreme level. The uh the no, not like that was so creepy to me. It was just I want to see you guys really just go to town, Mm -hmm. take off your clothes. Like what the the hell? I was expecting like a bed to pop out of the wall next, like
0: right like with like a, here's a with bed a, you can leave your condom on the bedside hanger. table mhm yeah it's it's so fucked i i don't know even what to to say i just this again uh reminds me of like not i don't mean to keep referencing the puppet episode it's not like these storylines have anything to do with each other but it's like they've committed to the bit so hard at this point of what Sue was doing with her plan of, of this and that to get Clayne back together. And they just took it to this very extreme glee level. And I would be, you know, I feel like I would be being hypocritical if I uh, came down on it because I had, you know, liked that previous episode and other times when they've done things like this before. But this is just like... Almost uncomfortable. Almost. Uh, The fact that this grown woman is like sitting here trying to push these two young gay boys together to make out in front of her. Like, not just be together. She wants to sit there, like, because you know that this is all being recorded. Uh, She wants to sit there and watch them make out in front of her to know that they are back together, that their love is real. Like, I don't need, I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, you make a good point. She's definitely recording this for future viewing because she had all that other footage in the in the in the uh, in the hurt locker and i don't think that she's going to get rid of her hurt locker anytime soon because she's just, she's just going to add all of this to the clean uh room so it's uh it makes you wonder just what other kind of shit has she been filming she says mm-hmm. that she has all of mckinley uh you know wiretapped and bugged and cameras everywhere so drones flying all over the place like i'm sure if you went to Sue Sylvester's house. I mean, we know that there's a bunch of trophies everywhere, but if you just look a little yeah. deeper, look between the trophies, you've got some shit, okay?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, if she has cameras in every room, I, I wouldn't discount that she has them in the bathroom. And what we were talking about in the last episode was that scene where, back a couple seasons ago, where Emma and Will were in the bathroom and received a successful emission, or achieved, I should say. So if there's cameras in there, Sue so watched that back.
1: Yeah, she definitely watched the whole thing back. The whole thing.
0: <laughs> okay, I hate this. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to go over and see Rachel is going through some files. It looks like she's still trying to figure out like any, any kids in the school that could potentially be in uh, for the Glee Club. She's also trying to find some cor- uh, good music to do, whatever. Kitty is going to come up to Rachel and say, okay, you know what? I'm in. Uh, Rachel celebrates and says, oh, my God, that's so amazing. I'm so excited. Um, Kitty's like, OK, but where is everybody? Rachel says she called everybody and pushed leave rehearsal uh, off an hour because she's still trying. Uh, Kitty's like to come up with a set list for a performance that you're giving tomorrow. That is show mi- so Mr. Shoe. I can't even decide if that's sad or adorable. Rachel's like, the answer is adorable. Uh, but it's just that, you know, Sue is judging. And if she wasn't, then I would uh, I would I would know I would have it. But she's going to hate anything that I pick. Uh, Kitty, do you happen to know any songs that she would like? Uh, Kitty's like, no, but I know exactly where to find them. And we're going to cut over to see Sue and Rachel uh, as Kitty is picking her way into the lock into uh, to get into Sue's office. Rachel's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be letting you do this, being that you're a student and all. Plus, we're probably being recorded. And Kitty's like, no, I cut the main line to the security cameras and the alarm. Uh, I may not have lived in some vague outer borough of New York City, but there's a reason that I'm the only glee kid who survived Sue Sylvester's regime at McKinley. I, I'm ruthless as well. So they go over to the computer. Uh, uh, Kitty starts typing in Sue's password and uh, she, uh, Rachel's like, how do you know her password? Um, and Amon, how, uh, how does Kitty know the password to uh, Sue's computer?
1: She has been giving Becky, bribing Becky with some, uh, uh, some, what is it? Some Mexican or some Nicaraguan? Yep.
0: Some smuggled Mexican Twinkies that Becky is all in on. She's got a thing for uh, third world snack cakes made with real sugar and animal shortening. And the scene of them uh, exchanging there over in the bathroom and just swapping under the toilet or under the uh, the stalls. And uh, that's that's how they've been making this all go down. Uh, Rachel's like, I don't even want to know what Thunderbolt in 69 means. Uh, that's her password, but, uh, she hasn't changed it in years. Okay. So what exactly are we looking for? Uh, Kitty says that Sue has a secret playlist of songs that she is so emotionally, emotionally vulnerable to that they are hidden in a, uh, secret encrypted part of her password protected folder that only she can access. Um, which, Kitty also has the password too, and Rachel's like, "How do you have that one as well?" Uh, and this time is where we see the Nicaraguan uh, ding dongs that get exchanged here. So Becky is just ruining suit. Like, I don't think I've ever had ding dongs before. Um, I'm sure I have, but not enough times to remember what, what they, they taste like. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, I, I feel like I remember them being at like my preschool, but I don't, uh, know. I don't remember at all. Uh, Is there tension between Becky and Sue, considering she was tweeting out Sue's retirement plans, and now she's giving out all of Sue's passwords? Like, I mean, and you see every time they go to the Hurt Locker that Becky is, like, annoyed with Sue. Like, is there tension here?
1: I don't think there's tension. I think that Becky is just easily bribed. (laughs) And I think for the most part, she'll try and keep all of Sue's secrets, but you know i mean this isn't the first time that she's been bribed either i feel like we've seen this kind of thing happen before so if you can just make becky crack then you're you're golden i mean she tweeted out that shit about her retiring that's what i'm saying
0: yeah that's that's why i'm so like Wondering what's going on here. Like it seems like uh, this unbreakable bond between the two of them is starting to crack a little bit. And I don't know. Maybe just post graduation, Becky's. You know. So well, I don't necessarily know if she knew that boyfriend. was supposed to
1: be a secret. You know what I mean? Because she mentions it in t- in in passing. She's like, you know, Becky, I've been thinking about retiring. She's like, what? She probably tweeted it right then and there. We just didn't. she probably tweeted it when she told her to go back to the Lacar in the last yeah. episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Uh and I don't know uh how much I have or haven't said anything about this at any point but um I just I uh, find it interesting as we go on in season 6 of uh Rachel and Kitty being in scenes together because of knowing that the two actresses in real life are best friends or not best friends they are good friends uh I think even still to this day when all of the Leah Michelle stuff started to hit the fan uh Becca Tobin is, like, one person who did not, like, unfollow her. I think the two of them are, like, genuinely good friends in real life. Um, so I always wonder, like, if that's a reason why Becca Tobin was, like, kept around on the show a little bit later on, uh, why they have some more scenes together than you might expect. Because if, you know, <laughs> Leah's like, I want to work with her, then Ryan's like, okay, Kitty, get in there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen
1: reports of the two of them being uh, being pretty, pretty close yeah and it's so it's so eerie because the two of them like suffered like the same sort of really bad uh, misfortune of losing both of their boyfriends to to drug abuse and so I'm sure that only brought them closer. I don't remember if that happened while season six was filming. I can't remember, but the two of them have been very close. I would not be surprised if Leah Michelle had anything to do with Becca Tobin being one of the only people from the new uh directions to stay on.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm scratching my head right now. I don't know if I knew this about Becca Tobin.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it ha- uh, let me see. Uh, because
0: uh... I, I no, know... yeah, it
1: comes two years after Tobin's then boyfriend, nightlife entrepreneur Matt Bendick, was found dead in a Philadelphia hotel room. He was believed to have died from oh heart attack brought on stress by overexpending his business. Okay, so it wasn't drug overdose, but um, heart attack.
0: Jeez. And when? What? When was this? Oh
1: wait. So this. This. Oh, this happened. This happened August 4th of 2014. Wow. So this I really, happened. Uh, I like,
0: don't think I heard about that.
1: It happened almost like a year after um, Corey. Yeah. So that probably brought them really close together.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, Leah has been on Becca's podcast uh, that Becca does the the lady gang. She's been on a couple of times. Uh, I, I've uh, I've, I think I listened to both times. I don't remember. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so the two of them are friends and I just thought that's worth flagging up here. As uh, This is not going to be the first time and or uh, sorry, this is not going to be the last time in season six that uh, they have some scenes together where it's like, hmm, interesting. Um, we're going to go over to the locker room. We see Sam and Spencer together in there. Uh, Spencer's apparently hanging around really uh, late or early. Is it nine o'clock? a? It's got to be a.m., right? I don't know. Yeah. Is it a.m. or p.m.? A.M. I think so. He's like, dude, it's almost nine o'clock. Whatever. Not important. Uh, Spencer's like, well, now that beast is gone and you're the coach, I assume that I'm going to be starting quarterback. So I've got to be ready. Right. Sam's like, yeah, actually, I kind of changed my mind about that. Spencer's, of course, pissed off. He's like, what? You told me I was going to be starting. Like, what what are you talking about? And Sam's like, well, yeah, you have the arm for it. But uh, quarterbacks are leaders, not cowards. Uh, Spencer's like, you calling me a wussy? And Sam's like, yeah, actually, I am. I'm calling you a wussy. Uh, don't think that I haven't noticed you skulking around the Glee Club or uh, coincidentally reading a book just outside the choir room during rehearsal. Spencer's like, I'm walking a tightrope, man. I, uh, I've got no wiggle room. I got to be tougher, stronger, and more manly than everyone on the team. If they smell even a little bit of gay on me, I'm not their teammate anymore. I'm just another homo. Uh, Sam's like, dude, that's not even true, OK? Times have changed. Spencer says, if I, if I want to join the Glee Club, everything that I've worked so hard for is completely ruined. He's like, so you do want to join? Spencer's like, of course I do. I'm a freaking rock star, man, but I'm stuck singing and dancing alone in my bedroom because I don't want anyone to think that I'm gay. Um, And we'll get to that in a second because I'm confused about that. I just thought that Spencer came into this season saying uh, everybody knows that I'm gay. And now he's like, I don't want anyone to know that I'm gay. So we'll put a pause on that uh, internalized homophobia. And uh, Sam is like, look, man, every movement needs a leader. Someone to step out into the light and say, uh, hey, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. I get it. High school is tough, but you can do this. And uh, they're going to lose their judgment as soon as you lose yours. Uh, I I got your back here, dude. And look right up there. You see that that jersey right up there, Finn? He was one of my best friends, and he was the quarterback here. When he joined the Glee Club, it changed everything in here forever. You have to pick up right where he left off. I promise it'll be the best thing to ever happen to you. So a solid pitch from Sam. But yeah, Spencer's got his own issues. He's uh, working out here, which again, he's young. So I understand that he's having this battle, but it still sucks to see.
1: Yeah, it sucks to see. And it's like kind of like why I got into him on the first episode. Like, because this was what the true motivation was. I mean, you're going around telling the Glee Club that they suck, but really you'd love to join. But you don't want anybody to know that you're gay. But you because you want to have control over your own perception which everybody does everybody cares about what everybody else i mean we're socially wired to behave that way to, to care what other people think but i so i get it but at the same time you can't you have a certain level of privilege where you are allowed to sort of like walk in both lanes and so don't shit on one lane and then act like you want nothing to do with it um when you're in when you when you're in that lane, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like that, that's just very toxic behavior, and it just contributes to to even more homophobia. It's like, what are you teaching your straight counterparts in, uh, that, you know, watch how you behave? You know what I mean? Like, are you just going to reinforce their own shit because you can't even accept your own? Like, I, it's like, and I understand it because, like like you said, he's young, right? But people have to understand the level of privilege that they have and how that's going to affect others Mm -hmm. because that's the only way that we ever move forward
0: yeah yeah, so, uh, so, you know, Sam is, of course, saying the right things here, like, you need to drop your judgment, and then everybody else can drop theirs, because if you're sitting out here like, you know, I need to make sure I'm manly and straight, then everyone's going to be like, okay, uh, here's Spencer; Spencer's all manly and straight, like, uh, this is something I guess we should, you know, praise about him, but if he was just going to drop things and be himself, like everybody else seems to do around McKinley and everything just works out fine, well, for the most part, uh, then, you know, Sam's right, like, y- you'll be fine, so just... Drop Just it. Take some inspiration. Be gay. I
1: mean, you don't already Just told everybody anyway.
0: Right. So I don't really see the problem here. But uh, point is, we're uh, working on recruiting Spencer to join. Got to get some extra members in here. We'll see if that works out. Kitty is going to show up at the choir room the next day or whatever day. Uh, Mason and Madison and Jane are all walking in at the same time behind her. Madison's like, I thought, Kitty, you were never going to join the Glee Club again. He says, "Well, someone has to stop you from marrying your brother." Uh, Roderick is going to inform Rachel that there is a policeman in her office. Rachel says, "Oh, finally, uh, she's been you know worried about uh, Kurt and Blaine missing, so she goes in to talk to him and thank him for coming, and uh, he is moving everything all around her." her office there uh he's he turns to rachel and says oh, you're gonna have to speak up i got a bummy or scarlet fever rachel immediately recognizes who this is uh it is the deaf choir coach from back in season one and i know he stopped by another time uh dalton rumba is back uh, did you expect a dalton rumba appearance in season six
1: not in this capacity no 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 but i'm fine with it <laughs>
0: Yeah, because, yes, he has a new job. Uh, the funding got cut for the Deaf Choir uh, over at what Havenport, right? Havenport. I thought it was like Westbrook School for the Deaf, something like that. Havenbrook? I think it was Havenport. Some- Havenport. Yeah, one of those two. Havenbrook, Westport, something. Uh, and maybe my kids don't always sing on uh, key or stay on the beat, but they have a song in their hearts and that's worth all the tea and ch- more than that's worth more than all the tea in China. I guarantee you we will be back. But right now I've got to make a living. So I'm a part time cop, part time mixed martial arts instructor. Uh, I hear your friends are missing as he continues to go through all of her stuff. Uh, we're looking for uh, Kurt and Blaine. Uh, first, we have to find Kurt Hummel and Blaine Anderson. Rachel's like, I'm just so worried. About my friends, he's like you are probably so worried about your friends, but I weren't if I were you. Uh, from you know because because ten to one they've eloped, gone to New York where they belong. You you don't belong there. You're a quitter. You quit Broadway. You did that horrible TV show. You get what you deserve, sister. And that Karofsky fellow, ugh. There's no way Blaine is ending up with him. That hairy sack of crap. Uh, one time, cut me off at a light, gave me the finger. Why What's does a bully? everybody a bully in Ohio
1: know that they're dating?
0: <laughs> Why does everybody in Ohio know Karofsky?
1: Because Karofsky fucks everybody in Ohio.
0: Did he fuck Dalton Rumba? After well, giving him the finger at a light? Maybe. <laughs> this is such a, this. I think we started off as kind of a PG podcast and then kind of lost our way. But maybe that's my fault. Um, so he's not a fan of Karofsky. He says, wait a minute, though. Because uh, he, he's like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Karofsky kidnapped them. But wait a minute. Maybe it was you. Oh, yeah. Funny girl comes right back into town, gets jealous of her more talented friends. So she chops them up into little bits, puts them on her hibachi and feeds them to the new kids because they're so naive and they would do anything you asked. Uh, Rachel is had enough of Dalton Rumba. She storms out of the office and she's like, all right, enough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You get a lawyer. Don't you leave town. Um, but yeah. So uh, Dalton Rumba is back in town, which uh, you, you know. I don't think either of us expected, but I also want to flag up that I did not even realize that Dalton Rumba is played by somebody who is kind of significant in the Glee universe. Uh, Michael Hitchcock apparently uh, directed and wrote a couple of episodes. He's written a couple of episodes in past seasons. He wrote an episode that I believe is upcoming in this season. And he also directed an upcoming episode in this season, uh, episode nine, child star. So Michael Hitchcock just hangs around uh, the Glee set, and I guess since they had him acting in that first season, they gave him another chance to come back in here and do it all over again. So why not?
1: Yeah, good for him. I was trying to see if there was any sort of like resemblance in the writing for those episodes or the direction of that of those episodes, but eh, no, like they don't really stand out too much to me. So, but I guess that's like sort of at the point of TV scripts, though. You're sort of they're supposed they're supposed to be homogenous. Like whenever you're like breaking into the the tv industry they always ask you to write a speculation script for whatever tv show you're trying to write for us to see if you can like match the tone of uh, Mm -hmm. what already has been established so i guess it would make sense that there wouldn't really be any hallmark uh hallmark signifiers of michael hitchcock
0: Yeah, he's, uh, I I think he's actually like good friends with, uh, the people from the Glee cast. I mean, a lot of the people that were on set seem to have been getting, you know, close over the years, but I know he's been on like all of their podcasts. I think he was on the Lady Gang with Becca. I know he was on, uh, Showmance with, uh, Kevin and Jenna, but he came on as a guest with Cordova Street. So I don't know if the two of them are friends and that's why they ended up on there together, but, uh, he definitely was a well-connected guy around there. Just, uh you know hanging You'll around you have to so. listen
1: to those podcasts or watch them or yeah. whatever
0: yeah the uh the one uh, the the showman's episodes are always worthwhile and it was uh I, I remember it being a fun episode with him and Cord both being on there cuz like i said they're all all good friends and pretty friendly to th- to this day even if they're not the closest whatever it is um so back in the choir room kitty is passing out some sheet music rachel is giving them new songs from what they had rehearsed uh jane's like uh, no disrespect but we really don't have time for a weekly lesson here roderick was also standing up for that as well uh jane's like roderick has is, is got a point there maybe we should stick to our original plan kitty says or we could shut our traps and just trust our teacher because the last time i checked Rachel Berry has more talent in her little finger than anybody else in this stinking rotten town. Rachel says, look, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Sue Sylvester hates me. She always has. And now she hates you guys for joining the only club in the school that she can't control. Uh, It's not about winning a competition, though. It's about being able to walk down the hallway and face Sue Sylvester or any Sue Sylvester that you meet for the rest of your life and show them that we may not always win, but we're going to never go down without a fight. Uh, If you guys want to quit. I guess now's the time. You're probably going to have an easier experience at this school if you do. But if you don't want to, then we'll just stay here and we'll work super hard and put our our noses to the grindstone and maybe even pull an all-nighter. Mason's like, an all-nighter. That sounds awesome. Uh, Spencer walks in as well, and he's like, yeah, we can order pizza and root beer and have like a party, man. Uh, Rachel's like, are you, are you joining us? And Spencer's like, yeah, you want to win, don't you? I'm a freaking rock star, man. No, he doesn't say that again this time, but uh, I imagine he does. Uh, Spencer is gonna smile as all the kids are uh, are chatting, and they all kind of. Form a little circle of excitement as uh, Dalton Rumba still off in Rachel's office is uh, very suspicious or, or something there. But Spencer's here. Kitty's here. And, and we then we're all going to go to
1: Hibachi later on. What's on the menu? The old new directions. Woo! <laughs> That's what he's yeah. waiting for. <laughs> Good for Kitty. Good for Spencer. I'm glad that he was able to get brought around. I'm glad that Sam was able to give him that pep talk it does seem like a bit of a a really stiff turnaround, but I guess if Sam was really bribing him with being the quarterback, then I guess, you know, kids will do anything (laughs) for an ounce Mm -hmm. of popularity or status at school. So, hey. Join the team, buddy. I just hope that he's able to fucking learn a thing or two and not, you know, carry that, like, chip on his shoulder for the rest of his life. Like, unlearn all this bullshit now so that you are not being one of these toxic-ass men uh, in these streets later on. Not only just, not for other people, but for yourself. Like, that's a lot of mental stress on yourself. Like, let that go. I know it's hard, but better now than later. Because the the older that you get, the more set in your ways that you become. And then it's just, it's over. It's over. So learn it while you're young.
0: This this is a good start here, this team that we have of uh, the six. I mean, we still need six more, but uh, it's definitely a start. Uh, this is a solid crew. I I know, literally we'll do not to...
1: remember who the fuck gets added to this team. Oh, I, well, I remember one of them because that one was just very outlandish, and I can't wait to get to that episode. Mm-hmm. But I literally can't remember the other five. Like, who the hell is in this damn
0: club? If you think hard enough, you'll remember exactly how things play out. But I'm really trying, to...
1: and I cannot remember, and it's insane because I've seen the season at least twice. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it
0: would click eventually. No, but
1: that's only, uh, I, that's that's only one other. I, I still need four more. Uh,
0: no, I I'm on. I really don't want to spoil anybody, but like, don't spoil it. Maybe 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 I'll say it and then cut it out.
1: No 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 no! no. Don't do that.
0: No, it'll be funny.
1: Cause I, so because if I if I can't think of it, then I I deserve to be in the dark.
0: No, it's. It, Okay, fine. Whatever. Okay, it's going to hit you in a few minutes, and you're going to go, oh, in the middle of uh, something else. Okay, we're going to go back to the elevator. We see that the uh, sign that was there is now taped off, and it's out of order, Uh, so obviously the uh, people that are meant to be trapped are trapped. Kurt and Blaine are just hanging out in there, killing time, playing games, and as Sue predicted, the clothes do seem to be coming off, so... Yeah, They're just laying around bored. Uh, Rachel is getting her kids ready to perform. Will's going to show up and the two of them are going to talk. Look, Rachel, I get that you're mad at me, but I have a job to do. And that's coaching vocal adrenaline. She says, I'm sorry, I was totally out of line. You were right. You were just doing your job, which, by the way, is a lot harder than you made it out to be when you were teaching us. I know I'm not your student anymore, but you taught me a very important lesson in being a teacher, which is that you have to be devoted to your kids. And he says, well, between you and me, it's a lot harder to be devoted to kids that I don't particularly like. Uh, Well, how are your kids doing? Are they ready? And we see because Rachel's with the kids like they're on stage getting ready to go on. She says, yeah, they're good. Actually, you know, I'm kind of dying over here. I just I want them to be good so badly. I I don't know. It's, you know, weird. I, I kind of just want this part to be over with. And Will says, no, 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 Rachel, you have to enjoy this. Enjoy the beginning and the not knowing and the, the first steps with them, because one day, years from now, you're going to be talking to one of them and you're going to be amazed by the man or woman that they've become. Um, the two of them are going to hug and Will says, but I am still a little bit upset with you. I mean, all I did was put the uh, best team that I could on that stage. You're the one who started in with all these dirty tricks like sending Sam to steal my mail. Rachel's like, I didn't do that. And they, of course, realized at the same time it was Sue.
1: Y'all are there because of Sue. The Invitational happened because of Sue. Why would y'all think that she would stop there? Y'all thought after dealing with fucking four years of her bullshit, y'all thought that she was going to stop at inviting you guys to a surprise Invitational to fuck up the New Directions? That's where it ends with y'all? Really?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Sue's here as well. He tells her to appreciate Sue. A good nemesis only makes you better. So... Glad it took them that long to uh, realize who was behind it, but whatever. Um, we see Kurt and Blaine in that hurt locker, not the hurt locker, the hurt elevator, whatever. Mm-hmm. The lights flicker off and on, and they're playing the game still. Some headbands version, uh, something which uh, you know. That you're, uh, uh, I think Mon is <laughs> a big fan of this game. I um, love that game. I've
1: been like trying to think of a way to like play it, like stream it, but like, what's to stop people from just giving me the answer in the chat? (laughs)
0: and how would you not see yourself on the video screen you just close that window i guess yeah i wouldn't yeah i just wouldn't look at myself that would be strange um yeah i don't uh i don't have strong opinions on this game my only uh every time i see it is i just think of being in disney which happens a lot uh all my thoughts are related to me being in disney but uh, because if you go on like any line for any ride ever and people are playing this game to pass time and I don't know. Not for when me. You to, when I you go been... to
1: Magic Kingdom, do you take the uh, the ferry?
0: No, I take the buses from the hotels.
1: No, I mean like once you get to the, you can you can either like walk up to like the gate or you can go across the water. You never go across the water?
0: What are you talking about? To get inside the Magic Kingdom, I go on the bus from the hotel, and then that is right at the entrance to the Magic Kingdom. Okay, you're. I, what you're I know what you're talking about, but that's that's not where I get to the uh get to the magic kingdom i don't get i just the never i've never
1: like i've never stayed at a hotel like like surrounding disney so i've, I've right. always like driven there and then you can either you know continue up right. the path and drive to the to the gate or whatever or the ferry i took the ferry for the first time this past year and it was it was great i loved it so much i
0: we did take the ferry once for no other reason other than getting on the ferry. But like it wasn't like like we got it on the like on the Magic Kingdom side, hopped on the ferry, went across. And then I think we actually got on the monorail from there. I love it. So maybe monorail. that's why we
1: it was really, really too. cool yeah. because like, they, you know, they have some Disney music playing and then like the castle like appears like around the hill. And it's just like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like it's, it's like, it's you know, scene. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, I love it.
0: So adorable. Yeah, um, but yeah, if you go anywhere in Disney, you're going to see people online playing this, which I, I'm i not one of those people. Um, nothing against the game, but if I'm on like a... It's, this is a weird thing about me. If I'm on like a 90-minute line, I'm just going to stand there. Maybe I'll be on my phone, but I'm not like playing games to pass the time. I just... I, I'm not mad about it. Like, I'm in Disney. I'm on the line. You're I can just deal
1: someone, with someone. You're just content with your
0: surroundings. I'm just content. I'm happy to look at the scenery. Like, there's so much going on. Um, and I... <laughs> did, did I even say this already about how I uh, feel like my... Uh, Sue Sylvester creepy voice is very Haunted Mansion-esque. That's a thought I had, but whatever. <laughs> I
1: can and that concludes. I've, only, I've only ridden that route once, once. But let's continue before I keep going down this <laughs> Disney rabbit hole
0: right that now that's actually concludes the Disney portion of our podcast Um, so the boys are in the locker Uh, they're going back and forth with uh, different headbands questions and answers and uh, answering uh, Fettuccine Alfredo was one of them and which apparently is what they were going to name a celebrity child Uh, they uh, answer one of them is hot chocolate which is apparently what uh, Kurt's rapper name would be an ironic rapper name if uh, that was going to be the case Uh, what else Uh, then they get to Uh, something about uh, one of the answers or one of the clues rather that Blaine gives to Kurt is oh yeah Dave eats that all the time and of course not the time Uh, Kurt is completely turned off from playing this game he's like oh fuck you had to bring up Dave Uh, so as the two of them are sitting there Sue is going to wheel her way back inside and she tells them because you refuse to give back the world to the world the clean romance you're depriving it from a romance so it so desperately needs we're gonna change the game a little bit. A gas starts to leak into the elevator uh, similar to the gas that I guess that Blaine dealt with back in the puppet episode to bring that up again. Um, but a little bit different here. Uh, they're freaking out what is that? Uh, Sue tells them it's the drug to Dalafil in aerosol form, and it's filling this room right now. It promotes sexual stimulation by increasing blood flow to the male genitalia. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Try to resist the love you have for one another, Clayne. Just know that if you choose to resist, you choose to die. The choice is yours. Blaine is like, I just want to get out of here. It's just so hot and Yes! No, not sexually hot. It's just actually hot. And I want to go home and I want to get out of here. And Sue says, yes, listen to Blaine. You want to get out of here. Back in the auditorium, we see Sue introducing the New Directions, uh, sincerely apologizing on behalf of McKinley for the New Directions, but they're going to come on out, uh, the six New Directions members in their blue outfits, and they go into this performance of It Must Have Been Love, led by Kitty and Spencer, and as we get into this song uh, first note that sue immediately turns around she starts to walk off the stage and of course these songs are very much catered to her so when they get into it must have been love she whips right back around and she is like what are they singing uh but we keep going back and forth in this song to watching the new directions perform but also watching kurt and blaine inside the elevator as they are going to agree this doesn't mean anything yep let's make a promise right now it means absolutely nothing we just have to do what we have to do all right, we're in agreement. This is the only reason we're doing this is because Sue is forcing us. Uh, she's not going to let us out otherwise. All right, on the count of three, and the Sue robot counts them in. One, two, three, and fireworks are on. The passionate makeout begins. It must have been
1: it must But have it's been...
0: over now.
1: <laughs> it must have been incarceration in a deep fake <laughs> elevator. Um, with Tadalafil filling the air, filling your lungs, causing the engorgement of your genitalia and the uh, arouse, arousing of your paleolithic brains into wanting to kiss and or do other things. That's what it must have been.
0: It's the illegal kidnapping for me.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, some illegal, illegal kidnapping in there as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Sue robot is out here watching them and and continuing. See, I was
1: always so confused about that because I always assumed that like Sue was talking through that doll and like had like some camera feed the entire time, but she couldn't have if she's also simultaneously being wooed by the New Directions in the auditorium. So the fact mm-hmm. that she has like uploaded this doll with her consciousness in a way, it's just like. You know, just just give give it all to her. Gives gives Sue everything. I mean, she clearly knows how to make a fake elevator. She knows how to, to 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 engineer dolls. Like the woman is talented, talented.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. She put together this whole thing, and the robot comes with all of what she was planning to say. It's it's essentially Siri uh, in like a Sue version, Suri. Uh, here that is just working exactly how Sue's brain would tell them to to work it. Uh, so, yeah, they've kissed. They've made out. It's a very long, passionate make out. And the two of them pull away from each other at the end of it, of course, and they look at each other like, yeah, both of them miss that their relationship is very dependent on the sexual chemistry between them, as we have mentioned before, and this just reignited that within them, and they probably do just want to rip off each other's clothes and go at it right now, but uh, there's still a competition going on in the auditorium. So as they kiss, they make out, Sue congratulates them and the elevator door dings and opens up. They grab their stuff, they go running down the hallway to get to the auditorium where they're actually going to see real Sue across the stage, who yells to them, Kurt! Blaine! Like so excited to see them are probably confused, uh, but she's, she knows at this point that the only way they got out is because they just made out. So she's excited to go back and watch that footage later on. Uh, Rachel is there as well. Of course, they're so happy to all see each other. Where were you? Oh, it's a long story. It's a long story, but they're catching each other up. Kurt is surprised to see that the set list was changed. And also, oh, you got Kitty and Spencer. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Uh, So they're going to go off and the new directions go into their next performance, which is going to be Father Figure led by Roderick. And the whole set is, of course, catered towards Sue. It just gave me that feeling of season five Nationals where we just kept cutting back and forth to Carol because it was all of Finn's favorite songs. Uh, But this time, every time that a song starts, we cut over to Sue to see her reaction towards all of this.
1: She is in her bag, yo. She is in her bag. So many memories that are resurfacing. Some questionable ones at that, but damn, kitty uh kitty. Walk us walk us through these memories. Uh she's got some memories of uh auditioning for Princess Leia. (laughs) Which (laughs) would she even have been well, I guess if she's like in her fifties, then in the seventies Excuse me, uh Sue
0: is thirty four. Uh,
1: excuse Sue, she's not thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that would have worked. She would have been like in her early, early to mid twenties at the time. So that 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 checks. Also, she is experiencing the loss of uh, Biden. Of uh, what's the other guy's name that lost to Obama? Uh, Romney. There it is, Mitt Romney. Uh, the guy that lost to what's his face, Clinton. Uh, that was before my time. (laughs) Yeah, she's just, uh, she's just, she's having a hard time. She's having a hard time. Her patriotic soul is having a hard time. Yeah.
0: So she's having a rough time there, uh, with all of these different memories. Uh, it's really affecting her, really hitting her deep, all of her emotional triggers. She's like, how can this be? Uh, Blaine also rejoins the warblers in the crowd. Uh, the New Directions are all going to, you know, during this number, they grab their mic stands and they march on forward to the front of the stage to sing all together. Will Schuster also, of course, is there with uh, vocal adrenaline, and he's like jamming out in his seat, enjoying them singing. Uh, and when they're done, he claps for them. But they're going to go into this final performance because, of course, every other competition or every other competitor gets only two songs, but the New Directions get three. Uh, they're going to go into their final number here, All Out of Love. Sue takes a seat. She is so drawn in at this point. Her face is filled with all of the emotion. Mason and Madison are really going to take the lead on this last song. A classic New Directions, sitting on a stool, singing a song that always works out really well. And that's not even a bit sarcastic. It really just uh, is their bread and butter. Uh, Sue is even singing along to the song from her seat in the auditorium. Kitty looks back at Sue at one point and has this smirk on her face. She's like, "I, I did that. Yeah. So... Uh, all Out of Love is going to complete this set here, and all three of them I am I really do enjoy. Uh, it's going to be tough figuring out a, a favorite later on, but good stuff here.
1: Yeah. Um, they clearly should lose based on uh, I mean, yeah, I know I'm a choreo queen. I love to see some movement. I love to see some... I need spectacle. I need some show. I need some zest to my performances. Not saying that every song deserves that. Like You certainly can have songs that don't need all that, but like when you compare this performance with the other ones it's like ah. but you know they went for the uh, emotional jugular here so yeah. that's going to give them a, a huge like a know your audience you know i guess that's that's the 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 core ingredient that the other teams were missing they didn't know the audience
0: mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Rachel is enjoying the performances as well. She's watching from the wings. The kids all do sound great together. Uh, Can't deny that. She even smiles off because she sees Sam jamming out in in the audience on his own. Uh, He's like having a good time and she's like, oh, look at how cute he is. Uh, But Sue's hysterically crying at this point and everybody is happy with how that all went. Sue's gonna go over to announce the winners of the Invitational in third place and just not doing a good job at all. The Dalton Academy Warblers. Blaine is like, what? Are you what? Not doing a good job? Okay. Uh, the, so they they go over and the the Warblers get their third place, uh, very crummy looking ribbon, which I'm confused about. Like, well, I guess we'll talk about this in a second. But like, I'm surprised the Warblers got third because they went after the rules were changed to be the correct uh, criteria for songs. So. The vocal adrenaline went before that happened, and they still somehow beat the Warblers, but okay. Uh, the runners-up and the winners of this bedazzled bowling pin that Sue found in a dumpster, vocal adrenaline. Will's going to congratulate well, she Rachel.
1: She, I feel like she doesn't fuck with the Warblers because Blaine and Kurt refused to get back together.
0: So she's like, okay, well, then
1: fuck the Warblers. <laughs> yeah, So
0: probably, yeah. Uh, trying to get Blaine to come back over here. Uh, so vocal adrenaline in second place and in first place, I don't know how they did it because they were singing on stools and singing in unison, but from McKinley high, the new direction in
1: unison. I don't know why she said that. (laughs) Were they not? Mm. -mm. There were were all sorts of harmonies up in there.
0: I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I knew you were singing singing in unison
1: Um, implies that there are no harmonies and they're all singing the same notes and that's just not the case but whatever sue i see
0: uh kitty grabs the trophy from sue even though sue is a little hesitant to actually hand it over to her but uh she brings it back and they all celebrate so the new directions have won so what would your final ranking have been if you were the actual judge of this performance no bias included vocal adrenaline the warblers new directions all right. I'm uh, on board with that exact ranking. I think uh, even with a rule change mid competition, vocal adrenaline knocked it out of the park. The Warblers had their stuff together and the six members of the New Directions were great, but probably third place. So is what it is there. Will is going to come up to Clint backstage, and he apologizes. He's like, I know you feel disappointed. It's it's not always about winning, though. Uh, Clint's like, come on, please. You screwed us, Schuster. You care more about your little uh, Prodigal troll, Rachel Berry, than us. I'm a senior, and this matters to me, so you better watch your back. It's an invitational. It is
1: an invitational. An impromptu-ass invitational at that. That is solely there for the edification of one Sue Sylvester this means nothing okay y'all we're the best team who the fuck cares he's such a little i hate his character so much and i know that we're supposed to hate him so they're succeeding in like you know getting they're eliciting the emotion from me but it's just like oh i just hate his face
0: i love his voice but i hate his face he's a he's a good villain Uh, but yeah, Will's annoyed. He's like, don't talk to me like that. I'm your coach and your teacher. And Clint's like, we'll see about that. So Will's obviously annoyed. He hates these kids as much as they hate him. He's looking at himself in the mirror and Sue's going to come up to him and she's like, hmm, like what you see? (laughs) Uh, Sweet William, here we are again. He's like, I hope you're happy, Sue. She says, oh, I am absolutely over the moon. Something profound happened to me out there listening to all that music. I purged the anger. And uh, she's like, I'm she's like, I'm happy for me as well. Uh, If you ever, by the way, if you ever litter at my school again and expect me to clean it up, you sorry excuse for a stain on a dead tramp's lacy panties, I swear to sweet holy Satan, I will end you. And Will is just dumbfounded, staring at Sue as she holds up the fork in the little bag to show Will exactly what she's been pissed off about for the past 48 hours, or no, sorry, three days, 72 hours. Uh, So some dramatic Sue music is going to play, and she walks off as he just looks very angry. So the fork comes all full circle here.
1: All right, Sue. (laughs) I love how she puts all, like, she's like, okay, you lost the Invitational, and now it all has to do with this fork. If this ever happens again, don't expect to just lose an Invitational next time expect armageddon bitch i'm over your ass i've been over your ass
0: <laughs> so precious isn't like stab him with the fork honestly at this point like she's gotta be consistent. i know she's it. done everything but resort to violence at this point <laughs> she killed a person in season one what are you talking about
1: no i mean in terms Maybe of with will, will. But... like they've yet to yeah. actually
0: fight <laughs> true yeah um so that's that. We're going to follow Sue back to her office where she has Klain in there. And she says to them, hello, Klain. Uh, they yell at her to stop calling them that because they're annoyed at the fact that she won't let go of this. Kurt's like, are you aware that we could have you locked up in a federal prison for 20 years? What you did to us falls under the legal definition of kidnapping. Sue's like, I have genuinely no idea what you're talking about. The boys are like, are you kidding? You locked us in an overheated elevator with the little Sue Sylvester thing in a tracksuit on a tricycle with a hideous paper mache face. Remember that? Uh, Honestly, my first thought, Becky did it. They're annoyed. Blaine's like, you know what? You know what? Whatever you were trying to do, I just want you to know that it backfired because all it really did was help Kurt and I get over whatever resentment that we had towards each other, all the bitterness that we were holding in. And it made us realize that we're just better off as friends, okay? So we should actually thank you. Well, then thank me. Thank you. Don't actually thank her. Kurt freaks out on him. Uh, so clean is no more, huh? Sue says. Well, I guess I'll just have to find a new hobby, like operating a bookmaking outfit that runs the numbers on which of your current boyfriends will die first. The gropey, geriatric that Porcelain reads the newspaper to, or the bloated, suicidal, diabetic ex-bully that the gay, shaven, teenage Tom Selleck chooses to bone. And they all walk out, or they the two boys walk out, uh, annoyed with Sue still, but... She is heartbroken that there is no more claim to obsess over, and the mission has all failed,
1: yeah, uh, or so we thought, or, or so, so we, we thought.
0: thought, yeah. She's gonna head back to the hurt locker, and uh, Sue uh, is with Becky, of course. She says, "Becky, the space feels more like somebody else's memory of a storage unit, and that memory is fading. It's like there was never anything here but jungle." Becky's like, "What are you talking about?" Sue says, "In time is a flat circle." You know, Becky, we've had the most awesome week. Honestly, what we accomplished in this week makes it feel like it was two weeks. But uh, I'm. Becky says, "But your plan didn't even work out. Kurt and Gabe Blaine aren't even together." Oh, Becky, I've got Klain right where I want them. You see here? Right on schedule, as she points to a calendar. Week five, Klain friends again. We still have six more weeks of scheming. Possibly seven, depending on network preemptions. Oh, give it a rest. Oh, so
1: you tell tell them to give this a rest, but the February content, you're like, oh, yes!
0: (laughs) Yes, that's Uh, real. This is stupid. It's fine. (laughs)
1: Oh, wonder if that was actually the case, though, like if they were at the time of writing this episode, they were like, we they, they didn't know if they were going to get 12 or 13 episodes.
0: Oh, definitely. No, no, no. they I think they knew they had 13 episodes, but uh, the the finale could have probably been like, you know, a two hour thing with those two episodes back to back. But, you know, they uh, weren't sure how much time they were going to have left. But either way, they worked it in to be this cute little joke here. I just whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Any more thoughts as we wind down uh, the actual Hurt Locker component of all this?
1: What an interesting way to uh, spice it, spicing up Sue's character this season. I, um, I'm i not as opposed to it as I was maybe in the first or second viewing of this. But, I mean, it It makes sense as something that she would do. I mean, she's a very vindictive person. She's a very calculated person. Everything that she does is is done with intention. So for her to have a hurt locker where she can store all of her hatred and all of her, uh, future plans. I mean, duh, duh. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm here for it.
0: Pretty crazy stuff happening there. We'll talk more about it when we get to our slushy ratings, but let's close out this episode. We see Spencer back in the choir room complaining about the small size of the trophy. Glad we have a size queen on our hands. Uh, Rachel is like, guys, it's just a start (laughs) from small things. Big things one day come. Uh, Kitty's like, hold up, Rachel. I got this. Listen up, noobs. We just went up against the two best show choirs in the state, full of seniors who have been working together for years, who thought they were going to come into our house and push us around. But they all went home feeling like their willies are two inches shorter. Now, I expect to make fun of all of you at some point. Fat kid, gay boy, creepy incest twins, other girl. Uh, But I never want to hear any of you disparaging the things that we do in here as a team. Okay? Got it. Roderick stands up as well and says, can I just say something? I, I want to thank Miss Barry and Mr. Hummel you know, for bringing us all together and helping us to do so well at, uh, up there. You guys are really both great teachers. Uh, that made me cringe. I was like, oh, Roderick, that's so awkward. Uh, but Rachel's like, thank you very much. As your teachers, we just want to say how proud we are of you guys. I mean, we, I never would have thought coming back here that I would be able to step onto a stage without disintegrating into a puddle. But thank you guys so much for And before she even finishes, we see Madison and Mason off whispering about how Rachel makes everything about herself. Uh, They are learning very quickly, these two. Uh, But Kurt says, it's just the beginning, guys. Everybody put your hands in. I'm going to lead you through an ancient Glee tradition. All right. On the count of three, give me an amazing Kitty. Count us in. One, two, three. Amazing. Amazing. Yay. Yay. (laughs) <laughs> closed captions provided by <laughs> <laughs> that's what mine always says all right that's it that's it the hurt locker is over we got through that new directions are forming we'll see if they can keep it together maybe get some new members uh yeah i think that's it for the episode you want to uh, pick out some favorite songs
1: let's do it my Sharona, you spin me round like a record. The Warblers. It must have been love. Father figure and all out of love. New directions.
0: All right. And why don't you kick us off? Which of these five songs? It was a, a strange episode of songs. I mean, it was like the way that things, I guess, usually go down when you get to a competition of only being competition songs. But like, I don't know. It, didn't, it felt strange being in this exact spot. Either way, what was your favorite?
1: I think I'm gonna go ahead and give it to my Sharona. Uh, I thought like it was the perfect opener, and it was a very high energy number, which I appreciate. Um, and I don't really be giving the world a lot of love on the show, and I feel like I feel like they deserve it this episode.
0: Hmm. I would have uh, expected you to pick out a uh, a song that highlighted a certain Billy Lewis Jr. a little bit more, but maybe not. You know, maybe, but no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, if you're not going to, then I will. Um, I'm going to go with All Out of Love there at the end. Uh, the, the New Directions, they sound great together. Uh, Madison and Mason taking the lead in on that one. So I will cover that one as my favorite song. But uh, the Warbler's numbers are really good as well. So some love over there to my Sharona. Not mad about it, but yeah.
1: I do love me some Billy Lewis Jr. I'm just waiting on that one song that I know that he sings later on, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. But Whew.
0: man, I'm into it. I'll get you, let me get you a wet towel so we can move on. Uh, slushy ratings. We gave the last episode, you gave it a three. I gave it a 3.5. How are you feeling about part two of The Hurt Locker?
1: Um, It's kind of more or less the same. You know what? I think that maybe I enjoyed this one. Maybe just a smidgen bit better. A smidgen. So i um, You said I gave the other one a three. Yes. So I'll give
0: this one a two point five. All right. Two point five for you. Um, I also enjoyed it better, and I gave the last one a three point five. But I actually feel more uh, warm feelings towards this one, so I'm actually going to end up being, I guess, a nicer, greater than you for once, which is a, a nice change. Um, not not by much, but I'm I'm going to give it two slushies. So you're two and a half. I'm giving it two. Uh, Yeah, it's it's weird, it's strange. Uh, I talked in the first part of the Hurt Locker about it. it. Feels a little bit like the you know show was kind of giving up on itself. But, you know, just kind of considering it a little bit more, it was kind of one of those, like, why not let's do something ridiculous and silly to right. keep the audience talking, I guess. Like, did you see that episode? Kurt and Blaine were trapped in a locker because a Sue Sylvester creepy doll came out. It's like ridiculous, but it just didn't capture me in the same way that the puppets episode did. I'll say it one more time about the puppets episode. I won't shut up about it, but... Um, yeah, so two slushies sounds about right for me. And- I just
1: feel like because there's resolution in this one, that's what's, like, making my uh, narratively focused brain appreciate it more than the first. Although I I, I just want to emphasize that, like, it's, it's a very small margin. And, like, I don't necessarily think that I need to leave the parameters of 0.5 increments. So that's why I'm going mm-hmm. at a 2.5. Um, but I enjoy both of these episodes much more than I thought that I would. And the difference between the two is very negligible, very
0: negligible.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, of course, let's finish off here with some gold stars. i um, not even going to waste any time, but uh, award my gold star to Miss Kitty Wild, who is uh, back in the Glee Club, back in the New Directions. And she really is the only answer for me, the star of this episode, as she uh, picks out the songs that are going to win them the competition that Sue, uh, of course, is going to be melted by when she hears them. Uh, just her being back and her being, you know, she stands up for like, you know, she, she really kind of is like the glue keeping them all going at this point she has those two different speeches at different points like essentially standing up for rachel but just kind of being like guys this is you know this is possible we can do this i know it doesn't seem likely but it's it's worth doing we can do it i believe in us um and yeah kitty is my my gold star what about you
1: same um in a lot of ways like we said that the last episode was sue's episode this is another sue heavy episode but Kitty is the one that really uh, takes the cake here because of all that she did to help Rachel and the New Directions and take control in a way that's very that's very mature for her because we've seen bitchy Kitty before. I mean, Kitty is just she's got a bitchy personality, but it's so much more refined now because I feel like she's been wounded severely because of all the shit that went down. With losing all of her friends, and I feel like that's humbled her in a lot of ways. So even if she, you know, she takes control of the meeting, she's like, "Rachel, I got this. I'll do this for you." Like, it's in a very like more refined way, and I feel like that's a a really strong character choice for for her. So,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely, love Kitty, stand Kitty forever, uh, or at least when she's not being an awful bitch like she is in season four, um, and you know, was kind of not the developed character that she's starting to become or has become over time. So two gold stars for Kitty to add to her tally. Uh, Sounds good to me. And that's all that I I have. Do you have anything else here for the Hurt Locker? We're ready to move on to what the world needs now. What the world needs now. Yeah, we're ready to
1: move on. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's that. Actually, uh, I do have a review here. Um, I'm not sure if I've read this one before. So if I have, then shout out to you. You're going to get re- your review twice. Um, but I really don't remember. Uh, this one is from Shea, uh, <laughs> Shea Kool-Aid, perhaps. Uh, that's what the review says, but who knows? Could be Shay. Could not be. Uh, Matt and Amon, you're both so wildly funny and entertaining to listen to. So glad I found this podcast during this difficult, difficult time. Um, I was basically a massive Glee stan in middle school. And now that I'm graduating college, I found this show, despite everything, to still be a huge source of comfort for me. Very grateful to both of you for doing this podcast that I'm sure many others also find comfort in. So... Shout out to you, Shay. Thank you for the review. And anybody else that has been leaving us five-star reviews or whatever, I guess. If it's not, it's a five stars or whatever. <laughs> uh, reviews in the iTunes store. We really appreciate it.
1: I appreciate the review as well, Shay. I hope that um, with your graduation, I know that it can be a bit of a scary time, a bit of an apprehensive time. Um, so I'm glad that we can provide any source of, of reprieve from whatever it is that you Maybe going through during this time in your life So thank you so much for the kind words Right back at you And uh, give us more reviews guys Give us more it's, it's so nice to be able to hear from you guys it really, it really makes me feel good It really does Yes,
0: absolutely does So that's it That's it for this episode we got still plenty more to go Here in season 6 But Amon, did we already do plugs? I don't think we did uh, Where can everybody find us?
1: You can follow us at Choir Room Pod you can also follow us individually and you add them as Make sure that you leave a star ratings and reviews for every year the or even the the show. And I think that's going to be it for this episode. Until next time, we'll glee you later.